Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. In the game itself, really no effect, not, not a non-factor, but you're right, we do have a lot of common ground between the two teams and a lot of guys that either coach or played here or, or at Weber right now, so I'm looking forward to seeing those guys. Not a lot of surprises. I mean, these are guys that we knew would be in the mix. There's a few oars in there, but we feel good about the guys that are going to play. We know we have a bunch of guys that can play. They're only 11 at a time, so we'll see We'll see what happens. Go Aggies! <laughs> there you go, God. Utah State covered at the end. Thank you, Gordon. Um, uh, football, Gordon. Uh, Austin, uh, by the way, Austin, while you were gone, Austin was pleased to have to wrangle with a few Utah State fans. Uh-huh. What did Austin say about Utah State? Nothing. That's what he didn't say. <laughs> we had our Washington State preview, and they're playing BYU and Utah this season, and they're playing Utah State, but I left that one out. So Whoops. The world ended. Yeah, but the, our guest mentioned it. He, he covered it, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm on every uh, mailbox in Cache County, though, as most wanted. So <laughs> He did get... He did get a little bit, a little bit. Okay, how about let's start Aggies here real quick. Let's do it this, in this depth, will please. Be really quick by week <laughs> six. Even will Aggie you, fans won't care. Will Utah State fans actually want us talking about them? Well, when you have a new coach and you have that many transfers coming in, I know you just don't know, right? Yeah, it's just kind of a mystery, but uh, they're not particularly highly thought of. But, well, it's the first year for a for a coach in a new program that, you know, Urban Meyer is the exception, not uh, not really the rule. And maybe uh, Coach Anderson comes in and, and surprises us all, Gordon. He's, he's got kind of a, you know, upbeat electric personality, certainly has had success in his past. We'll see. But usually these types of, you, you know, let us forget what a mess the Utah State football program was last year. Oh, it I mean, was. I mean, you had, a, you had a defense that couldn't stop the run. You had, I mean, you had an offense that was. Uh, it, it's. I wasn't that, even talking about on the field. Oh, oh. I mean, yeah. well, that's right. They did have a, a bit of a, a conundrum with the uh, with the coach, and uh, uh, there was there were problems about whether a certain coach should be retained, and people were upset. Forfeited that. a game due to protest. Yeah, it was. I, I won't forget that football Friday when when all that news was coming out. However, I guess you know I, I, the whole story of a new coach coming in and changing the direction of a program is that's really interesting. I I I, I don't understand exactly how a coach does that. Like uh, I, any new coach that comes in and has a modicum of success, especially if the program has been struggling. Uh, that 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 what is that? I mean, is it better technique, better coaching methodology? Is it uh, is it an infusion of ta- sudden talent? Well, that one has to be first. Right? Well, they have a lot of transfers coming in, a yeah. lot of new faces, and that could go one way or the other, right? You know, that's that's kind of the great unknown. Yeah, but that that one's got to be first. Like going back to the Urban Meyer example, when he took over Coach Mack's program, the talent was all there. Right, but yeah. if if the talent wasn't there, which it wasn't at Utah State last year, that's what it seemed. And all of a sudden, there's a huge influx in turnover and in, ta- in talent all at once. I mean, that's the great wild card. Which way are you going to bet that's going to go? Yeah. I would I would bet that 
they got some work to do before it turns around again. And then you, you throw in the methodology of the coach and how how much can he motivate, how much can he get guys doing exactly what he wants. They're going to open up that offense, spread it across the field. We'll see if it works. That the defense has to stop the run, man. That's what they have to do. <laughs> they didn't do last year. All right, let's uh, let's dive into uh, BYU, shall we? We'll get to um, we'll get to sound from both Utah and uh, and BYU throughout the show. We'll talk about the Utes and uh, and Weber State, but I kind of want to bite into this uh, Big Twelve thing, if you don't mind. Sure. Is that uh, can we get into that a little bit? Because I thought that was extremely interesting on a number of uh, levels. While I was not uh, while I was on vacation last week, and I want BYU to get into a conference so badly. This seems like. Maybe it's the most attractive situation that's come on, come along yet that they actually that actually has a chance of happening. Yeah, still not. I'm not. The question, the bigger question there to me is, is the Big Twelve still a P five type conference? Does it matter? See, I was thinking about this. Well, why would it matter? It matters in the long run. How so? It might not matter in the short run because uh, some some of those that money is still in place. But will the Big 12 even exist in 45 years? Well, 45 years. Four or five. Oh, I'm sorry. I misheard you. I was like, well, 45 years. Uh, four or five. That, that's an interesting question, sure. But does it does it matter? I mean, BYU would be no worse off than they are now if it ceased to exist in four or five years. Yeah. And honestly, P5, G5, whatever, you're worth what you're worth from a financial standpoint. It's not like ESPN reads the label and goes, oh, P5, well, pff, we're going to pay you double. I don't know the fine. I mean, you're worth what you're worth. So, like, right. what's what honestly, I mean, what does it matter? Is BYU in a better football situation playing with those group of schools? Or not. And I think they would be in a better football situation playing in that conference however long. That's an interesting thing to talk about. So maybe we should. And from a basketball perspective, Mark Pope's saying, yes, please. Yes, let's do that. Exactly that. And let's do it yesterday. I guess the downside is that there's really no regional aspect at that point to the the conference. How much does that mean? But I want to see BYU in a conference race. That's what I don't like about independence. It's a bunch of exhibition games that don't matter to the overall picture unless happen you catch lightning in a bottle and go eleven and one or twelve and zero. Well, it depends on how you define that. It depends on how you define it. What, what do you makes mean? what makes a season meaningful? Okay, um, yeah, I suppose. Um, way I def- you know I, I go for most coaches who say national championship first, conference championship next. And there's that race, yeah. and even and even when you don't have a good season, you can still stick it to the other guy by ruining their good season, as opposed to playing Michigan State and then forgetting about them for the rest right. of like and having it not matter. But there are all kinds of uh, nice things for BYU fans to be able to see their team as long as they can schedule these mar- more marquee type teams. Then that's exciting for the fan base to see that happen. That was the argument against going back to the Mountain West because who wants to play New Mexico? Who wants to play, you know, some of the teams there? It just seems like uh, in this case, in Independence, uh, if you took that schedule they were going to play last year and you look at the schedule this year, there's a lot of exciting games on there that that do uh, energize BYU fans. If they can win the majority of them, which is a big question. One-off games. And if you're playing okay. the Big 12 as it – as it is presently constituted, 
then I'm not sure I'm not sure that's as exciting. Because they have USC, Arizona State, Utah, they uh, you know Washington State. They I mean Virginia. Who else they got? Somebody else. I'm forgetting. Okay, I, then, I got it. Interesting matchups, but all. And then you throw in Boise State, which has turned into a real nice thing. So th- there are those interesting matchups that uh, that you're now you're if you go to the Big Twelve now you're going to play Kansas, and you're going to play. You know, Oklahoma State and Baylor. Yeah, and Oklahoma they, State's not bad. Oh, yeah, State that's who they're playing and, this year. And Baylor. TCU. And it's, it's yeah, an interesting, some, it's an interesting ones, football yeah. league. And you'd have a race. Give me a conference. Give me a conference race, Gordon. If you lose a few games, you got something to play. You're for, playing so. for something. True. And again, you're ruining someone else's day when you win. And you can kind of go ha ha. <laughs> it's all these fun you things. Love, you love that stuff. I do you? love that stuff. And you and I covered the Mountain West Conference for a long time. Still do, you know, speaking of the Aggies. It's still fun to cover a conference race. I don't care how many New Mexicos are in the league. Yeah, I guess. But Go Lobos! There are arguments both ways, Jake, and I, I hear what you're saying, and I've made that argument both ways. Mm-hmm. So, But I, if you do it, it and the league falls apart, so what? I don't know what the complications would be in that as financially. Uh, not, and I don't know what the rules... If the Big 12 came to BYU and said, you know, what happened five years ago, we're sorry about that, we strung you along, we never really wanted you, oops, sorry. Well, didn't but they now, already... now that we're desperate, <laughs> we're coming back, and we're saying, hey, how would you like to join us again? And BYU sitting there going, well, do we really want that or do we not? Hmm, let's see. Let's think about that for a minute. Uh, not exactly sure. And will the Big 12 put all kinds of stipulations on BYU about how much money they get versus how much money the uh, the remaining schools in the Big 12 get? All relevant details except for the stringing you along one the last time. Because, one, didn't they already get out in front of that by the story in The Athletic where they said, oh, the two schools that didn't want you are gone. So it wasn't us screwing you over, it was them. Yeah. Just that, so you know. Yeah, that that, and, that finger has been pointed, yeah. And that whole thing is just pride talking. Get over it. What's best for your program? See, What's best for your university? That that's what I always argued with the Mountain West, where there was always this this oh too proud to go back to the Mountain West. What will the U fans say? What's the best for your program? Get over this pride well, stuff. I mean, and you know, that's what BYU was thinking. I, I mean that's I can see fans talking that way. Is that what BYU was saying? Institutional? Uh, no, 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 not necessarily. But the arguments, whenever this can, comes up, to go back to the Mountain West, where you know uh, we're too good for them. I get that. I don't the, know if that's argument, Tom Homo's opinion. But the, but but, the argument there is: look, uh, you get to play USC and Arizona State and teams like that, and, and you don't get that opportunity as much. I know you say, well, you still have some. Some non-conference games you can fit in there. Yeah, you, four of them. Uh, but well, depending on how long this. That's a little there. difficult for someone that has to deal with the mental side of dealing with rivalries and all that sort of thing. You know, because it is tougher, I think, playing in-conference games than playing a random team that you might be able to surprise. So little. now it's too hard. Instead of not hard enough. Well, it could be. Uh, it could be difficult, but you're not getting the payoff for your fans of being able to supply them uh, a relatively steady stream of, of, of great marquee football programs. 
right? Well, they're not necessarily always great marquee football they're programs not, no. when I BYU mean, plays them, just like the same way in league. Yeah, you but remember, you never know. I mean, you never right, know, you, but it's still got some some oomph to it. Well, you remember Colorado State under uh, Ross Seiler's uncle. What was that guy's name? <laughs> I forget. Remember that? Yeah. They really, what was his name? No, I can't remember, but they sucked. <laughs> and But you remember Colorado State under Sonny Lubick and what incredible games those were for a decade for both Utah and BYU. Yeah, but you were still playing Colorado State. You weren't playing USC. Well, they did play USC in those years if you really want to. Not a did, lot. Did, they played Reggie Bush twice. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, the Pac-12 loves to schedule BYU. As I said last week, they 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 want to give BYU a big hug, but they don't want to consummate the relationship. You know, you don't Austin remem- didn't like that. You didn't remember but- those two games where uh, BYU got steamrolled at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and then By the Norm, next year, Norm Chow's team, and then the next year they played them tough. I don't remember what the final score was. Maybe I go back and look at it, and it was a twenty-one point victory. I can't remember exactly, but it, I remember the Cougars played them much tougher the second time in Los Angeles. But you understand what I'm saying about that side? Yeah, of I just the don't argument. agree with it. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying I'm not. I don't even. I agree with it. I'm just bringing <laughs> it up. It. No, I, I get it. I get it for sure. But anyway, this this feels a little bit more likely than these discussions have in the past, and I still like it. I want to see BYU back in the league. I really do. Yeah, we'll see if it happens. And then, so. you know what? Joining this conglomerate of schools, maybe the price tag is going to be higher, and that that old trusty financial excuse to not go into a league will, will not be there anymore. Hmm. Do you think the Big 12 will skew the numbers a little bit to sort of uh, – Remember when Utah joined the, the Pac-12? Yeah, yeah. They had to grovel for a few years. But in that case, so what? It turned out to be extraordinarily worth it, worth it for the Utes. Yeah, but the Big 12 as presently constituted is not the ah, Pac-12. I know. That's a different uh, – yeah. I mean, it would have to depend – it would depend certainly on the concession. That's where the magical world of uh, negotiation comes into into play. And if it's not worth it, they wouldn't do it. How many garden spots are there in the in the Big 12? I mean, how many Garden places are there like, that everybody would be really excited to go to go there to play a football game? Dallas Fort Worth is pretty cool. I've never been to uh never been to Stillwater or Ames. <laughs> Iowa State would be interesting if Iowa State can keep that coach they have there uh, under these new situations. Waco? I don't know if that's doing it for me. Where's where's uh where's Texas Tech again? Lubbock. That's in Lubbock, yeah, the birthplace of Buddy Holly. You don't want to go see uh, the the Magnolia silos uh, in Waco from that uh, Fixer Upper show. Uh, oh, Chip and Chip and Joanna, Chip and Dale or jo- <laughs> Dale. My wife likes that show. Um, oh, oh, Morgantown, not doing it for you. I don't think I've ever been to Morgantown. I've been to a number of those cities, but uh, I covered that BYU uh, West Virginia game that was played in Washington. FedEx Field. Landover. We're talking a little bit about the future of BYU. And uh, it brought up in your mind a clip from Dennis Dodd, who jumped on last week. Yeah, with Austin. Yeah. Um, this uh, Austin set it up. Uh, well, I asked Dennis Dodd if he felt if things were dire enough in the Big 12, A, that they need to add teams. And if so, will they be able to add the teams that will help them hold on to that P5 status, that power conference status? And here's what he said. 
Uh, in my opinion, no. I think I think once the alliance was announced this week, that pretty much ended any speculation about that going forward because they did not call the Big 12 to be in the alliance. I think we all know the reasons, but they would not articulate those reasons. But that told me that, you know, the Big 12 is not worth, doesn't have enough worth in that non-conference partnership to, uh, to form any meaningful non-conference inventory. So, no, I think it's for lack of a better term, it's just a de facto power. Or four now, and what you know, what form is that going to take in the future? Certainly, less you know, media rights money for the Big 12 schools. They're averaging 37 million a year at the moment, and will for the next four years if they stay together. But for schools going to those conferences, going to the Big 12, it might be a, a boost. Even though the Big 12 lost 50 percent of its value at least when Texas and Oklahoma left, that could be enough. That'd be very enticing for some schools to be in. All right, Gordon. Uh, let me get your thoughts because I certainly have some. I'm uh, I'm sort of undecided on this one. Um, I don't know. Well, here's I the, just well, don't know, especially because football is the king. Well, this, this from kind of, a basketball standpoint, I would say probably yes. But what about football? But this this conveniently combines two conversations, right? When talking, he was talking about the alliance of the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten. But what does P5 even mean anymore? Yeah. What does that get you? I mean, access is the same, right? If yeah, uh, if the playoff expansion plan plays out, how— All of it is a setup for the future, though. But what does that mean? That means that I have a feeling that the Big 12 might be— might have less privilege. Okay, let's define the privilege. Because oh, okay, let's let's think of the current format with the New Year's Six. Being a P five means you get an automatic berth, and if you're a G five, it means you have to be the best amongst all the other leagues to get an automatic berth. If the automatic berth stuff goes away, what does it really get you? Who cares? I I I don't know. Uh, but look, it's more than just that. It's a setup for the opportunity to make more money moving forward. And I don't. But being a, having a labeled P five isn't going to have anything to do with well, that. Well, it has something to do with the amount your conference can generate as far as TV goes and those things. The label P five means I, you're worth more. I think so. Yeah. I and, don't and, see how you're worth they, what you're worth. You're worth who, how many people? Why you're worth what ESPN will pay you. Well, I ESPN is is probably well, or Fox allegedly the one that uh, <clears throat> may have helped orchestrate this whole thing. Well, I think they absolutely did, but they still they're still in the football game broadcasting business. Last time I checked, so and maybe it's Fox then. But well, this, that's, this that's, is that's what how, I'm talking about. Obviously, because they're losing fifty percent of their ability to generate money with in the absence of Texas and Oklahoma. You had BYU and Cincinnati or something, and what is how much money are you going to be able to generate? And if I'm BYU, my only the only relevant answer to that is more than I'm making now. Yeah, but it also costs you some in you know, you're you're less flexible. You know in what so. way? What we talked about earlier, as far as scheduling goes, as long as that alliance that was made by the three other conferences isn't going to soak up all the scheduling opportunities for an independent like BYU. The, the, the alliance thing is funny. Maybe we'll have to dig into that. How much does that even mean? Yeah, I, I, I don't I mean, know. What is it's that a bit of a mystery mean? at this point. But. It reminded me, honestly, I think of, of Austin every time I think of The Office. 
It reminded me of Dwight going to Jim and going, let's form an alliance. And Jim just said, yes. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Which one's Jim? The, 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 the main character, yeah. He's got longer hair. He doesn't like being there. Mary's Pam, you know, kind of a big part of this. Oh, yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim. I, I know who Jim is. Come on. Which naked cowboy? <laughs> anyway, it reminds me of that a little I bit. I like Jim and Pam for them. I thought they were clever and funny. and Not uh, memorable, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a big Dwight fan. Sorry. Kind of a smaller storyline. <laughs> anyway, alliance. Like, we're, we're in a super secret alliance now, guys. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, really. But uh, but that's us. But you want to be in <laughs> rather you, than out. Right. Well, yeah, but it's, uh, it's presenting a front for the SEC. Maybe not a united front. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's united anymore. Everyone's just looking after himself. But doesn't that really go against the whole purpose of an alliance? Not if the alliance helps you protect your interests. And you don't want the SEC taking over the world. But then the next day they scheduled a game with LSU. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That's the split story of the day brought to you by our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. More next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.